Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome back to the Moms Talk Autism podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. So sit tight and we will be back. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. All right, all right, all right. Okay, Matthew. Hello, 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 everybody. (laughs) I mean, he is sexy. Come on. I mean. Um, Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. Today, we do have a very, very, very special guest. Um, I'm excited. I'm sure Shannon's excited, too. I'm excited. She's excited. It's just the two of us, just the two of us hosting today with this special guest. Shannon, 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 say... Hi. Hey there. Hey there. Hey. <laughs> hey. Okay, guys. So this this guest, I will, I will, we will get right into this. Um, her name is Eileen Youngberg. She is a an incredible woman who is doing incredible work over at a nonprofit called Trillium Employment Services. Did I get that right, yes. Eileen? Yes, you did. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Say hello, Eileen. Hi. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah, we are excited. So um, lots of you out there uh, have kind of had this question on your mind or you've or you've reached out to us and you've asked about different services. You know, currently, if you have a child who's, who is younger and getting services from the state, whichever state you're in, um, but then also like, what is the future possibly going to look like for your chi- you know, current child who will soon be a young adult um, and employment and what will that look like, et cetera. So we found this lovely lady or did we find you? you found or did you find us? Or did you find us? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure what A little bit of first. both. Yeah. A little bit of both. <laughs> Social media is fun that way. Yes. Um, it, that is the great thing about social media, you guys. So she is from Yakima, Washington. Yeah. Yakima, Washington. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get that right. Mm-hmm. I always forget she's in the high desert. Yes. Um, but Trillium is a nonprofit organization based just in Washington, correct? Yes. Yeah. We're in Clark, okay. Pierce, Kitsap, King, and Yakima County. Yeah. yeah. So all the major, mm-hmm. major counties. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you just go ahead, Eileen, and and tell us a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. Tell us about, you know, your family, your life, mm-hmm. uh, your sweet little baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I live in Yakima, Washington. Um, I'm not really from here, but um, I'm at the point where I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. So I can, mm. I think we could say I'm from here now. So that's yeah, exciting. Yes. Yeah. My husband's a first responder. He's a paramedic. Um, I was previously and EMT as well. So we have that part of our life. And we have two dogs. I have a little baby, Lucy, just had her this mm. year. She's eight months old. Um, you know, and as far as hobbies and things like that, I don't have a lot of time on my hands anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, that's 
pretty much uh it's pretty much what my life consists of right now but I do play Lucy is your hobby (laughs) yeah yeah Lucy mama time is my when I have free time is what I do but you know after she goes to bed I'm trying to get better about um doing things for me you all talk a lot about working out on this podcast and I kind of consider that um a chore but I'm trying to do it uh for the benefit of myself and my family but then um I also play the piano so I'm trying to just make 15 minutes a day to do that right now to get my skills back up there good 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 for you you. that is good because we talk about self-care too and that's probably something that brings you joy Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely um okay well so tell us then how oh how how did you go from being an emt Oh, <laughs> to working for a nonprofit organization. Yeah. So, I mean, there could be a whole podcast just about that. But, you know, my whole employment journey is something that, you know, um, I think makes me relatable to my clients and I really relate to them because they're trying to figure out what their strengths are, where they belong. And I spent a really long time doing that, honestly, in my adult life. Um, I went to a high school that really prepped me to go to a certain college and I kind of had a strict mindset of what was going to happen in my life. Um, And when that did not work out, that was really difficult for me. Um, And now I know I have ADD and that is why I struggled so much. But also, you know, I had to go to school full time and also work because I just didn't have, um, you know, those, I I wasn't really set up to, um, the privilege, privilege, good word. Yes. I didn't have Mm -hmm. that privilege. I still feel like I was very privileged. I went to a private school my whole life, things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I had to pay for school myself. So I went full time, would work full time. And then as a result would, uh, not do well. So, um, I went for education and then, you know, in true ADD fashion, switched my major (laughs) several times. So, Decided I wanted to be a midwife, random, (laughs) Um, be a nurse. Um, And then I kind of thought, all right, let's do something in the medical field while I'm trying to pursue this degree very slowly um, and became an EMT. And then during that time, uh, my husband got promoted and, you know, no one really wants to be managed by their uh, partner. So <laughs> I left our mutual company we were working for and I went per diem with another company. Um, and that freed me up to do something else full time. And I found a job in ABA. And okay, that's yeah. the okay, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and also backing up when I was in college, um, the first year, I also worked in a group home. So when I was working in the group home, that was actually a company that used to be a pretty well-known institution in Wisconsin. um, And they had a pretty dark history that they're very open about. And that was really eye-opening. Uh, Are me. you really, really quickly, yeah. Eileen, is that where you're from originally is Wisconsin? I'm actually not really from anywhere. Uh, um, yeah. I'm from everywhere. Yeah. My, <laughs> I have a dad who was in the military, a stepdad who worked okay, for a church network, um, but I yes. went to a boarding school in Wisconsin. So that's really what okay, okay, put me there. Okay. Yeah. But gotcha. um, yeah. at that group home, it was like a network of group homes in a neighborhood. Um, it used to be a big institution and people would actually send their children who had disabilities on a train with a tag that had the name of this institution on it, like way, way back in the day, way, way back. Um, so it was very eye-opening to me. I was like 18 years old and just learning wow. about how people with disabilities used to be treated. Um, 
Yeah, it's it was heavy. It was heavy, and I'm I'm just like kind of yeah brain exploding head emoji thing right now because uh-huh. it's like you hear. I feel like you hear about these mm-hmm. kinds of things, but to to hear it so close to you know, especially like you hear about this still happening in other countries, you mm-hmm. know, but wow, just to hear in right here in USA and yeah, and in the early 1900s, uh, people yeah, would just yikes, even a, a baby they would put a baby in the box with a, a tag on it. And that said the name of this institution and put them on the train and people knew when they got to that stop, they would take the, that person off the train and bring them to the front doorsteps of this institution. Yeah. So, Wow. So it was really eye opening wow. for me. You know, I was a, a young adult and I just thought, wow, <laughs> I had mm-hmm. no idea. And so at the time, what they were doing was really cutting edge, I guess. They had these houses that were integrated in neighborhoods, which is really good. And I worked in mm-hmm. a house that had five adult women living in it. And it was really a joy to work with them. I really, I really liked it. Um, I'm just the type of person that you put me in a situation and I just put my head down and take the instruction and yeah. do it. And looking back on it, yeah, they gave me a lot of responsibility for a young adult. Um, I was you know, getting these women up in the morning, helping helping them get ready for their quote unquote job, which we'll get to, but um, okay. also, you know, loading them up into this small bus and they had wheelchairs and I had to, you know, secure the wheelchairs and thinking back on it, I'm like, I don't even drive in for like a year. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> they just gave me that. Res- Here's the keys. Kid. Like I had, I had zero credentials for this. Oh no, <laughs> for this job. Oh, absolutely not. It was wild. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they and really quickly, yeah. Eileen, were, was this were were they ranging in disabilities in the sense from from everything from physical to mental disabilities? Intellectual disabilities was something or, they all had. Me, intellectual. Yes, yeah, they yeah. all had an intellectual disability, but it, there was a very wide range of um, the supports they needed. So yeah, mm-hmm. I had a couple women who would get up and they'd help me with breakfast. And then mm-hmm. I had a few women who I I was full, full care. I mean, I had to help okay. lift them yeah. with a Hoyer lift and get them in and out yes. of the shower. And so um, yeah, it was the ratio was one to five, uh, which is now I know really wow. not ideal. So <laughs> I was yeah. just doing what I could do. Um, and little, you guys, you can't see her, but Eileen's little. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. (laughs) That is so funny. Um, Yeah, I was, and I was littler then. I mean, I was, I was like sixty pounds less. I mean, seriously, I had no strength. I don't know how I did that. Looking back on it, I have no idea. So, um, and yeah, they actually all worked at the same place. They worked in a workshop, so we would, I would take them to work in the morning, um, and they did things like making fire starters, and then those fire starters would be sold in this um, company's store, and then the money would go mm-hmm. back to the company. So, unfortunately, I really mm-hmm. don't know how much they were paid if that work was fulfilling for them. Uh, but at yeah. the time, I thought, oh, great, they have a job. That's so great. Um, and now, knowing what I know now and doing what I do, I think. Oh, I- I don't know if that was the best thing. So it was just really eye-opening, you know, and it was at the time it was just a job. Um, And then I actually moved to Washington for family. So then I just had to 
find something else and decided to be an EMT. So um, thought I wanted to be a nurse. So I was an EMT in the field and then, you know, was a EMT per diem also in the field and was working in ABA. And um, that was the first time I worked with someone who used an AAC device. So that was also really eye-opening as well, working yeah. with kiddos, both in a clinic setting and in their home. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did you, what was that transition to, did you know anything about ABA no. or, I mean, you just, I'm going to walk into the center and. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking. For this job. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I left the job at the ambulance company that we were at just because my husband transitioned into leadership. But um, I just thought, you know, I've worked with people with disabilities. Let's look for something like that that I can do during the day. And um, so sometimes I would uh, be working in ABA during the day and I would go pick up a night shift um, on the ambulance. So it's kind of a a wild time um, doing just two very different things um, and kind of learning what I was more interested in at that time. But uh, working in ABA was really eye-opening. And even though I, I know it's controversial and obviously you too do as well, but the fundamentals of behavior are really what I took away from that in addition right. oh, to really awesome. seeing what the struggles are for the parents, you know, the parents mm-hmm. that are working full time and, you know, what I do now allows those parents to dream about their mm-hmm. kids' futures But when Mm -hmm. they're way back um, in that phase of childhood and just trying to figure out services and all those things, there's no time for the journey. Yeah. Yes. They're in in the trenches. Yes. Yeah. 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 You all know. So what did you do? What did you do in – Shannon knows all the lingo. I don't because we Mm -hmm. never – Jack never did um, ABA services. But Mm -hmm. what what was your – Shannon, what is it? RBT? Were you, yeah. What was your role? Were you an RBT? Is that what you were? Yeah, I was a behavior tech. Yeah. I still actually have that credential. Okay. So I just, yeah, I was a behavior tech. So I was the person who carried out the plans written by the BCBA. Um, and I, okay. so I'm working more directly with the children, um, either in the clinic or in their home and um, mm-hmm. figuring out different ways to help them communicate their needs. So. It was, and it was all positive. I'm really, I feel really lucky. I don't think I would have been able to do that if it wasn't positive reinforcement. I've heard things about Mm -hmm. other ABA clinics that aren't like that. There's good good and bad of everything, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So was this kind of the little spark then for that kind of lit a little fire in you that said, I, this is what I wanted. I want to do something in this, in this realm. I want to work with. So. Yes and no. Uh, Still no. So I still (laughs) just felt like, okay, I have to be a nurse. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to uh, follow through on something. Um, So, you know, we moved to Yakima again, needed a job. My grandma had a stroke. It's part of the reason why we moved here. Um, And, you know, the hospital is hiring. So I went and worked in the emergency room as a um, EMT in the emergency room. So, um, and that was a 2019. <laughs> so we know what happened next after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, buddy. Yeah. But in the emergency room, I kind of became the person people would call when they had someone like a patient that had a developmental oh. disability. Um, cause there's really no time in emergency situations to help them explain what they need, help them communicate. There's not a lot of tools in that setting. Um, right. And one patient that really stood out to me uh, without, you know, any identifying 
think, so I'll keep it really vague, but a pediatric patient that for a lot of reasons did not have a parent with them. Um, they were actually found unattended in the community. Oh, so um, I was with them for my entire shift. And this child clearly had no experience interacting with other people, had no tools to communicate at all. Um, and they were unfortunately impacted by a substance that day as well. They had been exposed to a substance that basically made it impossible for them to control any of their um, physical behaviors yeah. or um, emotions or anything like that. So I was just supporting them with the very limited supplies and resources that I had. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they had superhuman strength that day, pulled the sink out of the wall. Um, I had to empty the whole room of all the furniture except the mattress to keep them from hurting themselves. And then just let a lot of things go. I was like, yeah, color on the walls. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Color on the floor. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, I had my phone. I was like shamelessly using my phone with Netflix as like positive reinforcement because yeah. I'm just like <laughs> 12 hours trying to find yeah. um, a solution for this child. Um, and it was just so sad to me. And we were in the height of the pandemic. So, you know, gowns, masks, everything. And I just thought, this isn't sustainable. This isn't, yes. this isn't working. We need resources. Um, and I think I'm more of a person to find resources for people than to just be grinding for 12 hours. And mm-hmm. I also didn't realize, I think at the time what I was really looking for and lacking in my job was innovation, you know, and even nurses, nurses are smart and there are nurses who can be innovative, but generally speaking, nurses take orders. And I didn't yeah. know that, um, until I worked in that, um, setting. And I'm so glad I did. Cause I learned, you know, after a while that gets really old for me. Like I need to innovate. Mm-hmm. I need to be creative. Um, and that mm-hmm. was something I was lacking. So, I, that's really what sparked it. And I looked back at my time in ABA and thought, man, I loved that. I loved going to work every day and thinking of new ways to help people communicate. And I think I need to get back to that. So that's really Mm -hmm. when I looked for something new and I did look at EBA jobs. Um, I wasn't really happy with the options locally. So I looked for something else and thankfully I found Trillium, um, literally on Indeed. I had never heard of this type of work. Um, so I had to do a lot of research and a lot of learning, but, um, I'm so grateful that I found this position cause it's just perfect for me. Um, and yeah, I, I choose it. I yeah. choose to be here and be a part of it. Yeah. I love it. And so it kind of paint a little bit of a picture for the people out there who may not know what Yakima <laughs> is like um, yeah. in in the context of of the the type of area you're in, and mm-hmm. then to just um, you know with kind of the innovation and and what you guys are setting up in. Mm-hmm. Yakima with Trillium. Yeah. So Yakima, you know, on the medical side, you would consider it, you know, if you have a medical background, I would consider it rural medica- medicine. Um, mm-hmm. So there is one hospital. There used to be two um, right when I started in the emergency room. Um, the other one closed. So um, very much lack of resources in every way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and that includes what we do at Trillium. I would say that's part of the reason why we were asked to come to Yakima is because there was capacity. There was a need. 
Um, and you know, that is not unique to just our field. There's a lot of needs in Yakima. There's a lot of unmet needs and, you know, we love it here. We choose to stay here, but Yakima gets a bad rep for sure. If you, you know, do a little research, (laughs) um, you'll find a lot of like bad news. It's a a rural area. Yeah. Yeah, It's a rural, you know, and there's, it's a lot of agriculture and Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So, um, Mm -hmm. not definitely not a, you know, super, super city, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of situation. Um, but yeah, so that just, just a little bit to paint the picture of, because, you know, Trillium obviously being a, a nonprofit organization across, Mm -hmm. you know, Washington state, um, there's, there are areas that Trillium is in that are, it's booming, you know, up up in the, you know, Pierce County (laughs) is a huge area. Yeah. Yeah, So tell us, go ahead and and King County. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then even just Clark County where I'm over where I'm at. So, Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about, um, Trillium. Tell us, you know, just give us the, the backstory on, on, yeah, on them. Yeah. So, um, we actually just celebrated 40 years in service this year. That's what we're celebrating. Um, really exciting. So we're new in Yakima, but we're not new in general. We've been around through this revolution, um, from sheltered workshop employment, from subminimum wage employment. I don't know if you all are aware that people with disabilities, um, used to make under minimum wage that was legal until I believe two years ago. So that was, um, yeah, uh, kind of unbelievable. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Uh huh. And there still are some group employment opportunities for people with disabilities. Um, we really encourage and only support people in individualized employment. Um, so yeah. integrated in the community, but even group employment now has to pay people minimum wage. So, yeah. Um, I mean, of course. <laughs> A given. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. that even, I mean, but I mean, you know, that's, that is definitely, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of things in our world. Yeah. And in this country where I think people don't recognize that, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. these things, these shady things are happening and, mm-hmm. and, yeah. Yeah. So. And at Trillium, our values are to equip, listen, improve. Um, and part of doing that has been uh, being really involved in legislation. So we were heavily involved yeah. in um, the bills that were passed um, to end subminimum wage. Um, and then just last year, we were part of a bill that passed um, community inclusion alongside of employment services. So people used to have to choose, do you want support being involved in your community or do you want support working in your community? And they could not get support doing both. <laughs> yeah. So, um, now it just it just goes <laughs> to show that we, we still have a, a long we do so long a long ways to go yeah. you know like I think people I think a lot of and I don't want to say our audience but just you know mm-hmm. everybody out there it, it's it we think that you know just because we see you know wheelchair accessible because mm-hmm. we see this you know yeah um that it's equal across the board yes. for everybody that they're, that, that, and, and it's just, yeah. And it's just not, it's just not. Yeah. And we promote inclusive communities through employment. And part of how we do that is addressing that accessibility is just a part of inclusion. Accessibility mm-hmm. is a small part of inclusion mm-hmm. actually. So mm-hmm. that gets people, you know, accessibility gets people through the door. But then what, you know, so we want them included fully in their community. So for us, that looks like employment. How are they included in their place of employment? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So what is your exact position then mm-hmm. with Trillium? So in Yakima, I'm the assistant program manager. I actually just moved into that role. Um, but we are such a small team and a small county. We have 15 clients right now. Um, some in the hopper, maybe more soon. Um, but um, we have 15 clients. Um, it's just me, my program developer, and we just hired a new employment consultant. Um, but because we are so small, I get to still work as an employment consultant as well. So I do the leadership things. So I oversee staff. I oversee that the big picture items in our program, but I also still get to do the work, which is great. Mm -hmm. So I still get to work with our clients. Um, so the employment consultant role, um, does a lot of things. So we work with the individuals that we serve. So people who have intellectual disabilities, um, and help them discover what they want to do in life, what they want to do for work, um, and assess their skills and then help them actually find the job. So there's some tangible items there, you know, just filling out applications for them. Um, those are kind Mm -hmm. of accommodations that we provide, but then, Um, advocating for working interviews. Maybe they present better um, in the workplace doing the job rather than talking about it. Uh, Maybe verbal communication isn't their first, um, their strongest point, Um, things Mm -hmm. like that. And then um, we work with the employers long-term. So we help them figure out what does it look like to hire someone with a disability and what does it look like to include them in your staff? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so this is um, when we are speaking in the context of, uh, you know, people aging out of um, Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, school, Mm -hmm. quote unquote school program. Um, So, which is usually what I believe it's 21. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And most, okay. Most districts or all districts, is it, I'm assuming have that. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, I think of what transition programs. Transition mm-hmm. programs. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, so are they kind of? Then are the parents kind of coming to you, or mm-hmm. you know, are the, are most of these people? Do they have you know, like in state of Washington, DDA services? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? Yeah. So it is true. They um, people with intellectual disabilities are legally um, allowed to stay in school until they're 21. We really encourage parents when we get a chance to talk to them when they have younger kids to plan on that because that gives them Mm -hmm. more time um, to develop those skills while they still have all of those services. Um, So, and it depends on the district, whether or not they truly have a formal transition program. Um, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. there are school districts that have less funding and, um, the students are technically in transition, but they're really just still in the same classroom, like the self-contained classroom or whatever it might be. So um, we are really lucky in Yakima. There are some schools that have really good transition programs uh, that have work sites um, and their students Mm -hmm. are more out of the classroom than in. That's really how it should be when you're in transition, Um, going out to different businesses and trying out different job skills and developing those soft skills as well. Um, And there are counties where we work with the students while they're in transition. There's different programs that we can work through, um, like a program called School to Work. Um, We do that in King and I believe Pierce County. Um, 
where we go into the schools and work with the students there. Um, and Yakima, we use a program called Job Foundations to work with students who are in their second year of a transition program. Um, and we get to observe them. Um, and then we give that report um, to the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation uh, that basically says, hey, this person is employable. Here's all the reasons why. And then here's the things that they might need support with so that when they get out of their transition program, they have more of a pathway to employment that's more direct. But and which is so incredible. That's how Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how it should be across the board in every state and district. Mm -hmm. And um, you would think that that's what we would be wanting to do to, you know, make everything, every transition easier for people. Definitely. Um, Yeah. So, so you are meeting with, okay, well, let me back up really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot of content. So it's there. Yes. (laughs) So as a, as a, as a mom to a special needs kiddo in Mm -hmm. the state of Washington and Mm -hmm. not having, we don't, uh, Jack does not have DDA services. We've never even applied for it. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if we would qualify or we wouldn't qualify. Mm -hmm. Um, let's say we do not qualify Mm -hmm. and we get, and we're getting to the age of, um, you know, getting into the transition program through the Kama school district. What does that look like Mm -hmm. for us? Okay. So let's say Jack cannot, you know, we, we know we need services Mm -hmm. like Trillium. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I would highly, highly encourage every parent who has a child with an intellectual disability to apply for DDA services early and often, as early and as often as possible, because that just opens up so much funding for you, so many resources for you. Um, But you're so right that not everyone... Um, uh, not everyone qualifies for it. Yeah. And there are some people that I've seen that I thought, oh, wow, they could really use that. And they kind of fell through the cracks, you know? So I try Mm -hmm. to really encourage, and we're trying to, um, target and give information to parents, um, as young as possible to do that while their kids still have access to the school system, because then they can get, you know, the psychologist there can do the assessments and it's a lot easier on the parents when the schools can help them. But yes, there there are people that even if they've done all of that, they don't qualify. So then an option is the department of vocational rehabilitation. So, um, and that is, um, short-term funding. So let's Mm -hmm. say it's Jack, right? You're Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say Jack's a 21 year old and he's exiting a transition program. You can apply with Department of Vocational Rehabilitation and we can do something called a community based assessment. That's probably what we would start Mm -hmm. with. Um, So we would find a few job sites um, to work with him at to assess his skills in areas of his interest. And then we could uh, move forward with the job placement plan after that. So we could work with him um, to find employment. the unfortunate part about that is that then there's no long-term services. So after we um, help him, you know, get all the yes. tools he needs and we really work hard to set up something sustainable with the employer, mm-hmm. um, then we do have to back out after that. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does that look for the the business side of it? Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you know, if, you know, getting onto your guys's website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's incredible. My mind was blown <laughs> by how many, you know, diff- people, different um, businesses in every county, yeah. you know, especially like even just in Clark County, where I, like I said, where I'm at, mm-hmm. um, how many businesses have 
are part of this program um, and employ, you know, people with intellectual disabilities. Mm -hmm. It's so incredible. Yeah. Um, so what does it look like though for assessing a um a person and they're not fitting into the, any of these business categories, mm -hmm. but they are fitting into this and you know this place and you do what? Is it is it you guys Trillium walks into the business and you um say, let's partner up. Mm -hmm. Let us teach you how. Mm -hmm. Is that how it kind of works? Yeah. So it and you know, it's different. It's very person-centered for each case. It's very person-centered and business centered. So we have had businesses mm -hmm. approach us that say, Hey, you know, I do want to hire more diverse workforce. I don't know how to do that. Can you help me? And of course, mm -hmm. yes, we have done um, you know, hiring processes with businesses without necessarily a client in mind for that business. So just help them diversify their workforce. Sometimes the yeah. answer to that is one of our clients. Sometimes it's not. Uh, but we are all about creating inclusive workforces, whether or not it means right away that a job placement is a part of that. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, especially right now when I have, you know, a caseload of people that the majority of them are looking for a job, I'm going out to businesses with client needs and um, th they're desires for what they want to do in mind. So mm -hmm. I do cold call businesses. I do build relationships with businesses through networking events. Um, and then, yeah, part of it is just walking to the business and saying, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. Have you ever thought about it? Can we talk more? Um, and yeah. that's how we have created a lot of great partnerships actually. Well, yeah, I'm like, you're looking at, I mean, you know, some of the bigger ones, Starbucks, yeah. REI, mm -hmm. you know, Home Depot, mm -hmm. Nordstrom's, um, that is so, to me, that's a, a, a given, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like why would major corporations like that not want to be, you know, inclusive right. um, with their, with their employment, but um, some of the smaller businesses that may not even recognize, you know, uh, that they can get the funding, correct? Mm -hmm. Is there funding that they can get for um, having these programs in their business? Um, I think that there are, so there are some tax refund type programs, right. but okay. the main motivation um, usually is not necessarily um, money for the employers. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 A lot of it has to do with um, getting certain jobs done. So a lot of employers actually have a gap in their ability to staff. So maybe there's something that just routinely is not getting done or someone is having to take time away, like a manager is having to take time away from what they're doing to fill this need. And that's something mm -hmm. that one of our clients can just come in and do and have that be their entire yeah. job. Um, yes. So it really depends on the business. I mean, that's a small, okay. I would say the money is a small part of it. Um, but um, it's more about diversifying their workforce and, yes, um, yeah, yeah. you know, for retail and restaurants and places like that that are very customer facing, um, the customers love that. The customers yeah. love that representation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's something that we're seeing more and more that, you know, being kind is cool now, you know, being kind <laughs> is trendy, yeah. you know, including yeah. people yeah. is trendy. So really it, it only helps a business to be more inclusive and to have more of an inclusive workforce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. across the board, if we're segregating and not, yeah. and not having a d diversifying our, our portfolio, mm -hmm. as we like to say, it's, yeah. it's, you know, you're, you are losing, you're losing business yes. and you're losing, you know, you're kind of losing your, your, your face value really, mm -hmm. if you, you know, um, because 
more and more it's it is it is part of our um communities it's part of our population it's it's you know Mm -hmm. um I think that is so awesome. Shannon, I'm sorry. I'm just totally over here. No, you're okay. So my internet has been so crazy. So I've been waiting for a pause because I didn't want to interrupt. Um, But since my Wi-Fi is working again, um, just a few things. First off, why would they not just want to be good humans and good companies? First off. Um, And then it's funny hearing you like say, some of their my fries here, and I won't say his name because privacy purposes, but my my fries, whatever, Kroger, Fred Meyer, whatever it is, um, they oh, do inclusive yeah. hiring. I mean, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> fries French fries? French fries, yeah. <laughs> I really wasn't sure. Different names, wherever they are. Um, yeah, we've got here, it's fries food. Um, but they do inclusive hiring, and one of my all-time favorite baggers Yes. He has an intellectual disability and he is the yeah. happiest, most fun human. And I always get so excited when I get in his line. So there's that. Yeah. But then I do have to say just before my Wi-Fi does whatever it's doing again, that it's so nice to talk to you because it's nice to hear from somebody who is passionate and excited mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. type of yes. work. I think mm-hmm. you can get really kind of bogged down like in the wheels of this life in the turnover Mm -hmm. in the therapies in um Mm -hmm. i mean you worked as an rbt so Mm -hmm. great rbts are life-changing and it's very hard to find humans like that so anyway i think it can just get you get in this rut where things are hard and things are hard so i just want to thank you because you're like you're helping to restore the faith that there are really good humans that are doing this because it's their passion and it's something that they care about, not something that they just found themselves in to like pay the bills. And that's especially to say that you, you know, I, you didn't say what your um, previous with, if you'd ever had any experience with like a a family member or anything like Mm -hmm. that, or just growing up being in, in um, boarding school with anybody that had any kind of, you know, disability, whether it be Mm -hmm. intellectual or physical, but um, there's something to say for uh, people again, Mm -hmm. like Shannon said, people like you who really just, it's, it is your passion, you know, and, and you, you want to, to change the world. Mm -hmm. You want to make the difference. Well, and I think too, Um, like nobody else can see your face and I'm sure they can hear it in your voice because that's obvious, but another reason we need to start recording video on podcasts, but like you light up. I know nobody wants to see us when we record podcasts, but you do look really pretty, but we always show up looking like train wrecks because we're not recorded. Um, but you light up and like, you have this smile on your face and it's Mm -hmm. like your excitement is contagious. And so I just wanted to point that out. It's kind of like when you hear stories about kids being super awesome at school and it's sort of like, Oh, like, okay. It gives me a little bit of faith as to what my kid's going to grow up into. And our kids need more people like you like this. This is what our kids need because Mm -hmm. how else are they going to turn into these, you know, functioning adults, you know, and it's companies like yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and parents need that, you know, and I I see that I've seen that from working with parents at the younger age. And I see that from working with parents now. I mean, we have parents that really just enrolled in our program because their DDA case manager said they should. Mm -hmm. You know, and they say, you know, we'll give this a try, but I don't know if so-and-so can work. Mm -hmm. I don't really think that that's Mm -hmm. possible. I'm like, all right, that's okay. 
Like that, let's start there. Why is that? Why do you mm-hmm. think that? Um, what yeah. are the barriers that you see? I value your input into your child's life. You know them better than anyone else. What are the barriers? What are the complexities that you see your adult child dealing with? And how can I help with that? Um, something else that an, another role that I have at Trillium is a positive behavior support specialist. Um, so kind of leaning into that background from um, behavior tech. Um, it's a specialized training. Um, so I can consult with people across Trillium, but I mostly use it with my own clients and, um, help them access what they need at work, help them build those relationships with people at work, uh, through positive communication supports. So, um, I've seen a lot of great results with that and I've gotten great feedback from employers too, that they see, um, in our clients so much improvement from when they start, from when they meet them. Um, I have this incredible young woman that I've gotten to work with um, and she actually started with DVR funding. So that short-term funding. And she was one of the people I just thought, bummer that she doesn't have long-term funding because she Mm -hmm. is good on her own. We got her into a business um, and she was doing really well. And I felt good about the stabilization report and all those things. But I just, first of all, I just was sad to not work with her anymore. (laughs) She's just such a joy. But um, also I just thought there's, you know, to not only continue to do well at work, but what's next for her? You know, how can she advance? And we actually were able to help her uh, family, help her apply for DDA services. She got those services and she's back. We get to work with her. So, and she still has her same job and she just does so well. Seeing her from the beginning, when I met her, she wasn't working. We got her a first job um, at a small business and it just wasn't quite enough for her. So we you know, started over, found something new. Her confidence Mm -hmm. is incredible and her communication skills. She's friends with people at work. She trains new employees, um, neurotypical employees. She completely trains them. She could train me. I mean, I don't even fully understand her job anymore because she's, you know, she's, she'll tell me about oh, it, awesome. you know, and I watch what she's doing. Um, and she explains it to me. I'm like, man, this is actually really complicated. <laughs> you know, what you do with this business is very complicated, but she trains new people and those communication skills are just incredible. Just seeing her blossom has been yeah. so amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want, you know, and that's what mm-hmm. I want parents to know is possible. Um, and starting early, starting early, starting mm-hmm. often, talking about employment with your kids, mm-hmm. um, assuming competence at home, giving them responsibility at home, yes. um, yeah. and finding all of the resources. I know it's so hard because um, there's so much on your plate, but um, finding as many res- resources as you can when your kids are in school um, to pr- always be thinking employment, even if they end up not wanting to be employed after going right. through the process, think employment from a young age, just like you would with any of your kids. What do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if yeah, the answer yeah. is, I want to be a veterinarian. Okay. How can we get them involved with walking how, dogs, taking yes. care of the cats, uh, you know, going to the zoo and learning all the um, medical terminology or something like that. I mean, think about, mm-hmm. you know, doing Latin with them or whatever it is that um, helps them get into their interest. Mm-hmm. Do that with yeah. them yeah. from a young just, age. Just like you would with a neurotypical child, yes. you know? 
Um, yeah. Oh, Shannon. I'm, I'm raising my hand. I'm raising my hand. Because I have two questions because I will yes. forget. So two things. Yes. One is that um, going back to what you said about how, you know, I know that you guys have so much on your plates and I know. Yeah. And we do. Like there is so much on our plates. But I think part of that is we have to fight for everything we need, right? So there's that portion of it. And then you talk about how sometimes you'll get parents in the program and they're like, yeah, I don't really think this is going to work, but I guess we'll give it a Mm -hmm. shot. And Mm -hmm. I think that sort of goes back to, I think for the most part, you know, we are our children's biggest advocates. And like, if anybody believes in our kids, it's us, but it goes back to that. So many things on the plate, having to fight for everything, that sometimes we as parents need someone else to believe in our kids. Mm, And that is enough, right? To like help push us through. And I'm getting emotional because I'm four days out from my period. So I'm so sorry. Um, I like turned 40 and like now every time I'm close to my period, I just want to cry about everything. Um, We keep it real. Okay. Shannon's going to be. It's fine. I'm just going to cry. It's, we don't record, so I'm going to ugly cry. So anyways, it's just important, I think, one, for parents to be willing to maybe give things a shot that even if they don't think it's going to pan out, it may be worth it. But it may just be that human on the other end who does believe that is enough. And yes. I think that that's yeah. really important. And then two, we're going to have listeners who heard everything that you just said about how Um, talking employment to our kids and asking them what they want to be when they grow up, just like we did, you know, with our neurotypical Mm -hmm. kids. But Mm -hmm. we're going to have audience members who say, but my kid doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have that. So maybe we can discuss that and maybe what that looks like if we do have kiddos who are non-speaking or who use like Gracie has an AAC device, Mm -hmm. you know. So can we maybe talk that a little bit too? Oh, definitely. So, Shannon, you're probably really familiar with preference assessments um, with your kids doing ABA therapy, but, um, you know, there's plenty of ways to communicate with your child about what they're interested in. Um, You probably already know what your child is interested in. And then we could build off of that. Do they love fire trucks? Well, why can't they work? Mm-hmm. on a fire mm-hmm. truck, you know, and you think, mm-hmm. okay, well, they don't speak, they don't read, so they couldn't be a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe maybe a firefighter would be a little too much. But for example, we do have someone who works for an ambulance company mm-hmm. um, with Trillium, supported mm-hmm. by Trillium. Um, they do the stocking of all the ambulances. They're like the very meticulous type of person, mm-hmm. um, but they love that. Um, they love that environment. Mm-hmm. They love that uh, kind of you know how, yeah, High how EMS is yeah. too in the firehouse yeah. type of mm-hmm. laid back environment. Um, so you could just start with what they like. Mm-hmm. So if, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they like being outside or consider their, you know, you could consider their what you would think is a barrier. So what would be some of their needs that you are always considering? Their sensory needs. Um, So we could think about work environments where they would work best in because of those barriers, because of those needs. Um, So when people come to me and say, oh, my my son or daughter doesn't speak, they don't use, you know, verbal communication, and they don't like to talk to other people, they don't like to make eye contact, and they always have to wear headphones. Cool. I will find them a place to work where that is ideal. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so even if it's not, maybe they don't have a special interest and maybe they've never really thought about what they want to be when they grow up. Cause that's a little bit too broad of a concept for them. Um, we could even start with the barriers, start with the complexities that they deal with on a daily basis and then curate a job based on that. Mm-hmm. So where is yeah. a place that you can feel included and valued and, um, a business that could use your skills and you'd be comfortable all day. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm you know, thinking that takes a while. Tosh, I'm thinking that, um, well, one, we need to move to Camus. Like I'm already trying to tell Jay, we have to have a vacation home in Camus. I'm going to get licensed uh-huh. there. It's going to be fine. Um, then Tyler <laughs> can create a job for Gracie at his fire house. Yes. Because as oh, you yes. were saying that, Eileen, I'm like, oh my God, could you imagine the sensory heaven that Gracie would have in a firehouse first yeah. off? And then she loves water. So we'll like put her, she can like wash all the vehicles. She can just wash everything and she can be in sensory heaven. So just put a bug Tosh in Tyler's ear and then she and Jack are going to get married. So it's fine. It'll all be good. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's a great idea though. I love that. And that's Mm -hmm. part of what we do is we create jobs um, that there's no listing for sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, That's part of Mm -hmm. the, the fun innovative work that we get to do, creating jobs based off of the individual strengths and needs and the business needs as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now the firefighters actually get to take a break and they don't have to wash the trucks. Mm-hmm. So, so awesome. have fun, be creative, talk to your kids and just pay attention yeah. to what they love. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's just like, you know, we don't have to yeah. have the spoken word in order to yeah. see what, oh, no. what, you know, the, the love that we feel between each other mm-hmm. or everything, how proud we are, or even just to pick up on those small things of, of, you know, what their interests are, what they yeah. love to do, their hobbies, et cetera. You know, um, and how incredible is it, Eileen, to have to, for us as special needs parents to walk into a business and have our young kiddos right now mm-hmm. see, yes, you know, somebody that's maybe similar to them yes, working and doing the things mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's what, it, what is your guys's, um, you were telling me yesterday, I'm sorry. All I can think of is culture cities making nevers impossible or making, uh, Oh, we believe everyone never is impossible. Yes. We believe everybody can work. Yeah. I love it. See, it's, yeah. yes, that is so, Mm-hmm. There's a place for everyone. They can. There is a place for everybody at the table. There Absolutely. is. Yeah, there is a yeah. place for everyone. And, you know, for some people, it might take a little bit longer to find them the ideal place. And that's okay. And you know what I tell parents? It took me a long time to find my job, too. Yes. It took me a yes. lot of hard hard experiences, you know, finding yes. out that like, you know, working in the ER was kind of ideal for ADD on a daily Mm-hmm. on a daily grind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not ideal for self-actualizing, you know, as I got older, realizing right. big picture, what am I good at? What do I love? And we can help someone find a first job. And then that mm-hmm. might not be their job forever also, you know, so it's okay right. if the first job doesn't work out or it's okay if it takes a while for them to find a place where they belong, because it takes us all a little mm-hmm. bit of time to mm-hmm. find a place where we belong. Yeah. It's not incredible how yeah. it just changed like your perspective of life and yeah. what you should and shouldn't be doing, et cetera. It just changed you as a person, you know, oh, like, yeah. oh, I have to be this nurse and I have to, you know, <laughs> it's like now yeah. you're in, you know, a field that's completely opposite and you are, mm-hmm. you are loving it. Yeah. You know, it's, it is your, where you're meant to be. It's your place. I'm going to you know? make my oldest listen to this episode. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> yes. You vote. Do you yes. have someone launching right now? Do what? I'm sorry. What's that? Do you have a child that's launching right now? So oh, yeah, okay. my yes. I have a almost 18 year old, and okay. she. I'm going to make her listen to this, so I'm going to be careful what yeah. I say. But she has always <laughs> had it in her head that she wants to do something in the medical field. She's thinking about going to yeah. nursing school. So I'm not going to have her listen to it because you were like, nursing is horrible. But I want her to listen oh. to it yeah. because yeah. I want her to realize, you know everything you went to and then what you ended up in is completely not where you started and that's okay. And yeah, I think sometimes we can get really down on the fact that the life that we had planned for our kids is not the life that we're living, whether they're neurotypical or not. Um, right. And like, I'm a 40 and I just like in the last two years feel like I've like figured out what I'm supposed to be doing. So right. Why are we feeling like these neurodivergent kids at 21 (laughs) should be like doing the thing that they should do? It's like it took me twice that time. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's what it, I think a lot of this, this just having this conversation, it's breaking down those barriers mm-hmm. of what we, the societal view that we have, whether again, you're neurodivergent mm-hmm. or you're neurotypical, you know, we, there isn't this things have to be done this mm-hmm. way. You know, there yeah. is always room for change and improvement mm-hmm. and mistakes, et yes. cetera. So, yeah. Um, and I think so that good. all the experience you can give your kids is so valuable. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, like I said, I thought you needed to go to high school and then college and then get this job and mm-hmm. then stay in it forever. And that is just not more and more, especially how it works for everyone. Um, and then we think because these kids are in, these young adults, um, are in extended high school services, you know, they're in a transition program. We kind of overthink it like, oh no, Mm -hmm. now what, what are they going to do? And just like, just Mm -hmm. do what everyone else does, just figure it out, Mm -hmm. you know, and they just need a little extra support to do that. And that's what we're here for, to help them be successful in that. yeah. Okay. Can you now uh, open a location in Pima County, Arizona, please? (laughs) (laughs) Can you put that as the next tick box, pretty please? Just You're in Arizona? Yeah. Okay. Tucson, Arizona. So, so that is kind of the hard thing about with our audience because everybody yeah. mm-hmm. is in a, in a different location, different state, mm-hmm. sometimes even just a different country. So, um, you know, Trillium is based, you know, they're nonprofit based in, in Washington state. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. with that being said, mm-hmm. what is your education with somebody in a different state? What, where would they kind of mm-hmm. start to maybe look for a nonprofit similar to Trillium. Mm -hmm. So I would always start with your school. So if you have a child who's in school, um, advocate Mm -hmm. um, with their IEP meetings and things like that Mm -hmm. to set goals towards employment. You can start doing that at a very young age. And that's not not always brought up. So start bringing it up at those IEP meetings. How can we think about employment? And if they say, well, your kid's 12, why are you thinking about that? just explain to them, I know it's a long road. Um, and I want to start learning about what the resources are in my local area for employment. And they mm-hmm. have to help you with that actually. So mm-hmm. if they, if they don't advocate for it, um, and same with, um, if you're in ABA services and you're working with a BCBA, um, they know how to help your child work towards employment. So having one of the mm-hmm. goals, have to do with employment, at least when they're young. Um, and then, um, 
when you have an adult and you're working towards DDA services, getting qualified for those services, um, asking the DDA case manager about what locally, uh, what employment supports there are. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that Washington's not unique. Washington is a leader, I have to say. So if you look into your local resources and you don't find something this wonderful, I'm so sorry because <laughs> Washington is a leader uh, in the U.S. Kind of the trailblazers. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But advocate and look into your local resources using your DDA case, case manager. That is their job. And that's um, that's what they want to help with is helping you find resources. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. 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 All right. Well, Eileen, this has been so incredible. You are a joy. Um, cannot say enough. You guys, even if you are not from the state of Washington, Mm -hmm. please get on and, and look up, uh, Trillium employment services Mm -hmm. and just check out what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Check out, you know, see, see what they're doing and then, and then find that in your area because Mm -hmm. it is pretty incredible. Pretty, pretty incredible. Um, Eileen, like I said, it has been a joy. How do we find, how do we find you? How do we find Trillium? Yeah. So the best place to find Trillium is at the website, www.trillium.org. We also are on social media, so you can follow us and see all of our fun success stories. I think everyone should follow Trillium on Instagram um, because right now we're sharing our 40 years, 40 stories. um, And that's just a great way to get perspective from the employers, from the parents, from the consultants. get to learn a lot about us. We're on YouTube as well. Um, You can find me at Eileena Speaks on Instagram. Um, I mostly repost com- uh, inclusive, <laughs> equitable content, but you know, maybe you'll see some original stuff there someday. <laughs> you don't know. Um, really into open future. When you're out of the, out of the crazy, uh, uh, little, little, little baby face. Yes. And maybe not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I repost a lot of Trillium and open future learning. I love that one. So, uh, yeah, yeah we awesome. repost a lot of that, but yeah, follow us on Instagram. Um, you know, see see what there is to see we'll make sure you and guys let me call if you want services and we'll make sure that we awesome. link all of this yes. in the and notes. we will be this isn't the last time we are going to have you on yeah. um when this launches you know so yeah. we will bring you on to the instagram page cool. um so for any of you out there who are wondering um how to find us other than the podcast player that you are listening on. Um, you can find us at Instagram at moms talk autism. And then Shannon, what is our email? Hello at moms talk autism.com. Why can I not remember? I don't know. Unless you're going to complain and then I'll give you a different email. (laughs) Yeah. Shannon's got all the really good emails. If you you want to complain, um, with that being said, thank you, everybody. Do not forget to, uh, get on and give us a five-star review, uh, write a written review. If you can do that on your podcast player and, um, it just helps us to reach a larger community to bring more people into our community and have more incredible guests like Eileen and Trillium on. Um, all right, girls, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. That is all. That is all. That is it. <laughs> Say goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>